0: I'm Donica Contour, and this is Naptime Devotionals, episode 49. It is thy house, a place of holiness. Studying Doctrine and Covenants, sections 109 through 110. Welcome to Naptime Devotionals, a come follow me study for busy moms. I'm Donica Contour, your host. I'm a mom of four kids, wife of a high school theater teacher, and my favorite show to binge watch is Murder, she wrote episode 49. Can you believe it? It's almost been a year and three episodes. I will have done one episode per week for an entire year. And that's kind of crazy. Part of me is like, you should do something. You should jazz up your little intro music or something. You got a banjo now. I'm like, yeah, a banjo. I don't really know how to play, but we'll see. We'll see. I'm not sure what will happen, but, um, I want to tell you a little story before, Well, I need to tell you some facts before I tell you the story. So then the story makes sense. Um, so a couple of things, first of all, my husband's name is Jacob. That's important information for the story I'm about to tell you. Um, the following fact is that I have four kids, which you already know this, but I also, Uh, went through the phase that a lot of moms go through where we kind of just give everything that we are and have um, over to our children to the point where, like, we don't even think of our own needs. We don't think of ourselves at all. Um, and, and I did that, um, probably for the first couple of years, uh, we had kids probably with the girls. I think once I had Edmund, I became a lot more aware. I joined, I don't know if you guys know who Jodi Moore is. I talk about her a lot. Um, but I joined Jodi's program. I had been listening to her podcast, um, for, well, maybe not quite a year, but maybe like nine, ten months before I finally was like, I need more of this. And so I joined her program that helped a ton. Um, mostly just having somebody else to kind of validate, what I was thinking and feeling, and um, also like to recognize there's an entire community of people going through the same thing, and then also to kind of get a hold of my own brain. But that's the those are that's the information that you need for the following story. So I'm going to tell you a story. Oh, and the last thing I forgot. Last thing, um, the way that I prep for the podcast is I always read the scriptures first, right? So this week our scriptures are, um, Doctrine and Covenants sections 109 through 110. So I literally just open it up on my phone before I had Scott, I used to open it up in my scriptures and write everything down. Um, but it's really hard (laughs) to read your scriptures while you're nursing, which for me is a lot of the time is that's when I'm sitting down and reading my scriptures is when I'm nursing a baby. Um, And, uh, it's really hard to read scriptures when the baby keeps kicking the scriptures out of your hands. So I mostly use my phone, open it up, highlight what, um, scriptures stand out to me. And, um, you know, I read what I can, especially with these super long ones that have, you know, 77 verses or, you know, whatever it is. Um, I'll read what I can. And then, um, once it's all done, I compile them all onto a Google doc, print them out and then look over them and read them some more. So, and depending on what my time is like, sometimes I also like to read through the other um, talks and other scriptures that are recommended. Lately, it's been, I read these scriptures and then I move on to um, looking at what I want to talk about for the podcast or what themes stand out to me the most. Anyway, so those that's the information that you need for my story. Super, lots of information. <laughs> okay, so uh, a couple of days ago, um, Julia, our oldest... Has started taking the bus. Well, she started school like at a proper school, public school. Um, I homeschooled her last year, so she really wanted to go to school this year. So we sent her to school. We asked her, did she want dad to drop her off and mom and mom to come pick her up, or did she want to take the bus? And she wanted to take the bus, even after we explained it's not like the magic school bus and will not turn into cool things. Um, It's just a bus that will take you to school. She still wanted to take the bus. Okay. So her bus comes uh, around 7.20ish in the morning. And so I am not even a little bit a morning person. (laughs) And then you combine that with the fact that we have a baby who does not sleep through the night yet. And that combines into the fact that I wake up in the morning. I am very groggy. I am very grumpy. Um, I try to be cheerful and be like I just need to be cheerful enough to get Julia off to school and then I'm going back to bed except for I haven't ever actually made it back to bed. One time, one time I actually made it back to bed. Um so on this particular morning, we got up. I went in, woke Julia up, told her it was time to get ready for school. Julia and Ginny, our two daughters, share a room. And then one son is downstairs um, kind of close to our room. That's the baby. And then our other son has his own room and it's like two doors down from, um, the girl's room. The bathroom separates the girl's room from our other son's room. And the boys were both still asleep. And so Ginny was like, mom, I want to get up. Ginny is a very petite little four-year-old, super sweet, but also walks around the house like a rhinoceros. Like, I don't know how the, you know, 20, 30 pounds that she is. Okay. She's more than that, but like, she doesn't feel it. Um, I don't know how her tiny little frame manages to make so much noise when she walks around, but she does. She makes tons of noise just walking around and very, very heavy footed. And so I asked her, I was like, listen, the boys are still asleep. I need you to just lay in your bed. Please just stay in your bed. I will. I'll let me get Julia to school, then we can talk. So I get Julia. She wanted me to walk her to the bus stop. Walk her to the bus stop. She gets on the bus. I walk home, and Ginny is up eating cereal. Um, and I visibly was like, "Ugh!" (laughs) Like, I did not hide my feelings even a little bit. And my husband and I had a little conversation. Um, I'm sure you can hear the quotation marks around the way I say conversation right there. And he was like, well, what did you want me to do? Just leave her in a room? And I was kind of like, yeah, (laughs) I kind of need a minute in the morning before everybody gets up. And Ginny is the beacon of waking up time. She's the one who wakes everybody up. Um, by no fault of her own, like she's not purposefully trying to wake everybody up. She does work, do her, do her very best to be quiet. Um, she just isn't quiet. She just doesn't move quietly. She's very loud. She talks very loudly. She inherited that from me and from my side of the family. Um, and that's, that's just the way it is. And so I just wanted her to stay in her bed. And, um, Jake made a comment to me about how our kids come first for him right? Our kids come first for him. If that means he has to sacrifice things, then that's the way it has to be, right? And this conversation, he went to school, this conversation continued over text um, for a while. And until we kind of got to the place where it was like, listen, we both have different parenting styles. And I told him kind of what I mentioned earlier, I was like, I did that. I did that for years where I said, um, you know, I'm going to give everything, the kids come first, I, I don't matter, right? I will sacrifice whatever I have to for our children. And I got to the point where I was very resentful of him. I was resentful of our children. I was resentful of becoming a mom. And like, I would dwell on what life used to be like when I had free time, when I could do whatever I wanted, when I was tired and I could just take a nap. And when I was, you know, and it was this massive pity me party where I was the victim and poor Cinderella in this horrible, horrible story. And you know what? it was awful. It was not a fun place to be. I did not like being around me. I didn't like being in my own head. And I learned early on, um, I say early on, it took me a couple of years, <laughs> but I learned eventually, um, that it took me back probably about four years that if I didn't make space for myself, there, no one else was going to, if I didn't make sure that I carved out time for me, No one else was going to. Now, where am I going with this story? What does this have anything to do with the Doctrine and Covenants? I promise we're getting there. This is just kind of a cool story that happened to me this week. And I felt like I needed to share it. So we're getting there. Well, I was still feeling pretty crappy about the whole thing. I had told, you know, um, and Jake and I talked about it later that night, but this is what happened that kind of turned it for me. I ultimately I figured out I was feeling very unseen I was feeling very misunderstood that I wasn't sacrificing enough, that maybe, maybe I wasn't a very good mom. Maybe I was very selfish. Maybe I, maybe he was right and I didn't sacrifice enough. Maybe I didn't love our kids enough. Was I broken? Maybe I didn't love the kids enough. And I did what I do whenever I start to kind of spiral into like a panic mode of, what do I do next? Um, where I don't know what to do next. I turned my scriptures and I opened up my scriptures and I was preparing for this podcast. So I was in, um, section 109 and I saw the very first line of verse 61 and I'm going to read it to you. And it said, but thou knowest that thou hast a great love for the children of Jacob. Now, obviously, if we look contextually at what's going on, they're not talking to me. <laughs> they're not talking about my husband, Jacob, right? This is their pray- the saints praying, talking about the, the children of Israel, that Jacob. But in that moment, I knew God sees me. He knows me. And he knows that I love my children and I love myself and I'm allowed to love myself. (laughs) And I don't have to be understood by everybody. I don't have to be understood by my husband. I don't have to be understood because I understand myself and my heavenly father understands myself and he sees my sacrifices and not everybody else has to. Um, Anyway, it helped really resolve it for me. And I I told that to Jake um, and he thought that that was pretty... (laughs) That's pretty awesome. Um, And so I just wanted to share that when you are regularly in your scriptures, we hear this all the time, that the scriptures are how God speaks to us. And I don't think that we all have those moments. Like, okay, let me rephrase. I don't think that every single time that you're struggling with something, that you open the scriptures and it's going to address it that specifically. um, Because I have a handful of moments. This is, this is number five. I have a handful of moments where that has happened to me. Um, but my scriptures, even if they don't answer exactly the thing that I'm looking for in that moment, when I pick them up, they do always help me feel better and they do always lead me to the answers that I need. Um, anyway, so that was my experience sharing or getting ready for this particular, uh, podcast episode. And, um, and I felt like I needed to share that. And so I did. And I hope, I hope it helped somebody. Um, nothing else. I enjoy sharing that story because I feel like it's very poignant and how much God sees us. Um, if you can hear water, that would be the delicates that are washing in my washing machine right above my head but that's okay. All right. We're going to talk about Doctrine and Covenants 109, section 109, verse seven. Um, because this is something that I kind of in the same spirit as my story that I just told you felt like I needed to talk about. Um, so I'm going to just read this one to you. And as all have not faith, seek ye diligently, and teach one another words of wisdom. Yea, seek ye out of the best books words of wisdom. Seek ye learning, even by study and also by faith. And I love this verse. Um, It occurs several times throughout the Doctrine and Covenants. Um, Seek ye diligently, teach one another words of wisdom. Seek out of the best books. Seek learning by study, and by faith. And we've talked about this phrasing before, and I was thinking about this, about how a lot of times I think um, the verse starts off with, as all have not faith, right? Not everybody has faith. Some people are working with mustard seed level faith, right? It's teeny tiny, barely planted in there." still waiting for it to sprout. We're watering it. We're putting sunshine on it. We're hoping things turn out well. Um, And other people have like oak trees of faith, right? Where they're just massive. There are these redwoods where they're just huge and ingrained and just so much a part of us. Um, And then there's everything in between, right? And, And I think that sometimes we think we have to wait for these huge faith building moments, right? Where you get diagnosed with cancer and you pray and you get a blessing and then suddenly the cancer miraculously disappears. And we think that we have to wait for these moments or for angels to come talk to us or, you know, or whatever. Um, and I, not that those experiences don't also build faith, but we all know that faith precedes the miracles. Um, and it got me thinking about how you don't have to Wait for faith building experiences to build your faith. Um, and let me kind of explain. I was thinking about the difference between going through the process in real life of building a house. I've watched my parents go through it twice. Um, versus watching somebody build a house in a 45 minute episode of Fixer Upper or on whatever your favorite house building show is on HGTV, right? In the one, the HGTV one, in 45 minutes, they go from a piece of crap old building to this like beautiful magazine worthy house that's just gorgeous, right? And they're putting up walls in the space of a commercial. Now, obviously, logically, when we think about it, we know it doesn't actually happen that fast. We know it doesn't actually only take 45 minutes for them to go from point A to point B in terms of this house building. Um, but sometimes we think that things should just take a commercial break to change, right? We should be able to put up walls in a, in, in a two-minute commercial space. Um, whereas in reality, you have to build your house brick by brick. Um, you, or nail by nail. Or, you know, I don't know. However the heck they build houses. <laughs> log by log, depending on what you're building. Um, and I think that that's how it works in real life faith as well. Sometimes we think we should be able to put up our redwood size faith in a commercial break by just having this miracle happen to us. Um, but the reality, at least as far as I've experienced, is it's brick by brick, line upon line, precept upon precept, right? That as you continuously do the small things, you make space for the big things. Um, As you are continuously reading your scriptures every day, as you're continuously praying to your Heavenly Father, talking to Him, pouring your heart out to Him, letting Him know. I mean, sometimes, honestly, some of my prayers are, Father, please help me make it through this day. Help me not kill this child because I'm done. I have nothing left. And somehow he gives me a little bit more and I'm able to make it through that day. And I still have four kids at the end of the day. (laughs) Um, and I think ultimately we can build our own faith by study, by learning, um, by learning from each other. Right. I don't know if you guys ever... Um, the Archer House app has Firesides on there. They're kind of my favorite thing. Um, I kind of go through spurts of listening to them, but I'm listening to one right now and it's fantastic. Um, well, obviously not this second cause I'm doing this, but today I'm listening to one. Um, seeking out of the best books, words of wisdom, that there are all these things that we have control over, right? We don't necessarily always have control over, Those huge, big, miracle, faith-building moments. Um, But we do have control over the small, everyday things. Like I said, reading our scriptures, speaking to our Heavenly Father, making sure we go to all of our church meetings, making sure that we're following the things that the prophet has asked us to do, making sure we're keeping the commandments, that thou shalt not kill one man, sometimes. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) You know, I think that ultimately you don't have to wait to build your faith. You can be in charge of that by doing the things Heavenly Father has asked you to. And by doing the things Heavenly Father has asked you to, not only do you build your faith, you make space and you set a solid foundation for those miracles so that you're more able to see them. Um, And I think if I had not been consistently in my scriptures, in that moment, first of all, I may not have even turned to my scriptures when I was feeling the way I was. Um, but if I had, I may have been in somewhere completely different in my scriptures. And maybe I still would have gotten, maybe I still would have gotten my answer, but maybe my answer would have come, but I wouldn't have seen it because I wasn't in the mindset. You. I look at it kind of this way, right? If you go to the doctor consistently in terms of like your wellness checks, making sure everything you're, you're on top of your health in a consistent, small kind of way, then you recognize when things don't feel right. You recognize, um, you recognize things, the, the signs. Um, but when you are consistently ignoring it and you only go to the doctor for the emergency room stuff, then it's all these other things that could be in the way of figuring out what's actually wrong. I don't know if that makes any sense. That just occurred to me. But, um, anyway, I got chatty today. So you don't have to wait for faith building experiences. Go read your scriptures, go say your prayers, go talk to your heavenly father. Um, do the things that the primary answers and I'll talk to you next week.